friends. I'm not saying friends on purpose to like name my listeners. I just think you are my friends. Um, anywho, I'm super excited about my guest today. I'm recording this intro later because uh, we recorded the podcast yesterday, but because we gelled so well, we just started getting into it and, and just chatting. And so I didn't get to give him the proper introduction, which he deserves because my God, is he had a cool career. So my podcast guest today, his name is Danny Zucker. And uh, you're going to want to listen fully because not only does he give just some incredible life insight, but his career is just fascinating. Um, he is one of the executive producers and head writers of Modern Family, but his career spanned much more than that. He started on the Arsenio, Arsenio Hall show a long time ago. He has worked on Roseanne, Just Shoot Me. He's just incredibly successful and incredibly humble and incredibly cool. And it's cool. It's a good podcast. Take a listen. And without further ado, I'm honored to have Danny Zucker on my podcast. You're coughing. Okay. Don't you worry. I'm not going to. I'm certainly not going to start it on your coughing. That would just be. Listen, that's just poor form. I, I want. I want you to do I well. Know. I want to do well too. Like I could just. I feel yeah, like I'm putting a lot like of pressure on you. A major allergy attack all day. Oh, I have, I have really bad allergies, too. I don't normally. I was sneezing through takes today. You're just bragging that you have takes. And whatever. You're on set. I'm, yeah, it's okay. I, like, I was polishing my Emmy and <laughs> Emmys. It doesn't even matter. <laughs> I knew this was going to be funny. Um, and I feel like I'm allowed to roast you, by the way, because the first time Danny Zucker or Zucker? Zucker. Zucker. I, I was saying it right. You were. You said I wasn't before. No. So it is Zucker. Zucker. It's Zucker. It's now, so here's the thing. This is such a boring story. It's but not. But like half my family, so I'm Z- Z-U-K-E-R. Mm-hmm. One person got that wrong at Ellis Island, and then no one ever did again. Like, take the C out. And so I, I just, you know, half my family says Zucker. Mm-hmm. And like, when I started doing comic, you know, people read my name and say Zucker. I go, oh, I'll just go Zucker, because I get my name spelled more right that way. Okay, so... It's supposed to be Zucker, but it's... No, Zucker. not never Zucker. It was always supposed to be Zucker. Like, Z- Zucker. Oh, like, yeah. Like, cook. Yeah. But, um... So, wow, it's I, very aggressive. It was, like, yeah, it was a German. I mean, it's, yeah. And it's an aggressive word. It means sugar. So, the the guy that I, I have to say, I guess I'm casually dating, because he's really annoying about it, um, his last name is Majeski, but it's, it looks to me like it just says Majewski, and I feel like that's... Oh. But it's pronounced Maj- Majewski. How's it pronounced, Lou? It just sounds so aggressive. Yeah, no, all those Eastern European... It's, the Eastern it, Bloc, very aggressive. Th- th- yeah, I mean, I know that hasn't been proven out in history. I mean, with the exception of every single world war, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm allowed to say this because I told you earlier I looked like a Russian immigrant when I was a kid. No, absolutely. Yeah. No. Like, you, I had a lot of... I, I'd seen a lot of shit. No, I, I frequently will shop for brides, and, um, and you just you look like about four people on the profile. Yes, but I'm allowed to roast you, by the way, because the reason why I met Danny was because I was doing this storytelling stand-up show where he was the judge. I was a judge. You were one of three judges. Okay. You were judging my storytelling, which frankly, I thought was fantastic. Credit my grandma had a stroke that day, so I was a little bit hammered. Wow, it sounds like an excuse after the fact, but go on. (laughs) She died a week later. 
Oh my God. Yeah, no, it was actually really sad. No, it's fine. Grandma Alice is strong as an ox, and this is not actually sad. I did do stand up the day she died, basically, too. I always find greatest way to start a comedy podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so about keep death. going. They already know. They no, know. The, my okay. listeners know. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, so he was the judge on this storytelling show, which I didn't win. No, not now, even close. Now, how did the votes. I want to know. Let's actually, I'm going to take notes. Okay. How did the votes happen? So, who, who didn't like me? I think all three of us, but um, <laughs> varying degrees. I mean, I liked you more than the other two, probably because I'm rude. In, well, no, because I'm in your couch. And, yeah, and you have to say that. Otherwise, your couch. Yeah, you're afraid that I'm gonna murder yeah. you. Yeah, but um, uh, you know, it was. I thought everybody was. I was. I thought everybody was really good. I'm gonna be. Yeah, I, no, they were. I I did it again the following month. Mm-hmm. And uh, you guys were, you know, you guys were just as good or better. If I'm not being, if I'm being honest, so. he's winking at me. He's I saying am. basically, I was better. Yeah, actually, I, I just winked at him. Yeah, she did. Yes, she did. I it's feel, fine. I feel violated. <laughs> um, but yes, you were very funny and very good. Thank you. And 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 very yes, you're very seem very intelligent. Thanks, I appreciate yeah. that. Kind, See, I'm, now I'm getting what I wanted. Kind to animals. Like, oh my God, you're so pretty. Thank you. Yes, <laughs> keep going. I, I had my parents, you know what I mean? I get it. Yes, that's why I had you on the podcast. I know. I, I'm fulfilling what I needed fulfilled that night. Believe me, that's my whole career. <laughs> if my daddy threw a baseball with me once, I would be an accountant. Okay, I have a question. Okay. All right. Well, number one, did you ever do stand-up or were you always just a comedy writer? No, I did stand-up. I did, you did. I did stand-up. I started... That's why you are so... You're so... You, see, you don't realize... Maybe you do realize it, but well, because you're self-conscious and you want to just be in a writer's room... You're very, very funny in person and off the cuff. Oh, thanks. I wish you still did stand up. I'm. I did it a few times, and I have been trying to get back into it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also weird because it's. I, I don't know how much to talk about myself because Please I can't do talk you know, about yourself. No, about on stage uh-huh. in terms of like, do I talk about modern family? Do I talk about those things? Yeah. Or, um, or do I just talk about general stuff? I'm so. going to interrupt you for one second so it's not confusing my listeners. Danny is. Uh, are you an executive producer? I am. I'm one of the executive producers. One of the executive producers of Modern Family. The best one. The best one. Okay. Yes. And a and you. So you. Right. Are in the, you're in the writers' room on it too. Yes. Okay. Yeah. And television is sort of you know in te- films are run by directors. Mm-hmm. Television is run by writers. Mm-hmm. So executive. You know, most of the time, the producers on a show who are working on it, running it, or making the trains run on time, yeah. we're all writers. Got so. it. Was it your idea? God, I wish. I, okay. would, I would not be. But you here. were just the best writer. I would be on a, mu- I would be on a much better podcast right now. <laughs> hey, Lo, is there where you could see Danny out now and grab that parking pass? If you could just. Anyways, okay. So back to, just so I could interview. So back to stand up. So you did it a few times, but you didn't know what to talk about on stage? Recently. Like I, cause I, first of all, it's really fun to do now because. I'm wildly successful, and I and so there's nothing at risk for me. Yeah, and so you're it, like Judd Apatow. He came back. Yeah, no, it's been a breeze for I, him. It's so great. No, absolutely. And I mean, I I, I want it. I think over this hiatus, I'm going to do it more. I'm going to try and get up a couple times a week and let's and go on the road together. I would fucking love that. That would be so fun. Oh my god, let's road do gigs. it. Listen, let's I, I, do it. I'll get a film crew. The whole thing. <laughs> I bet we can. I bet we're at Sundance you'll, next year. You'll fund it. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I don't even know what to do. You'll with buy the club. Yeah, I'll buy the club. <laughs> Just I'll, so we can perform. I like um uh what's his name Tommy Wiseau the whole uh, who's that <laughs> he was the guy from um the Disaster Artist who did oh, the room. Oh God. Yes, that that is. I think that movie's really funny. Actually, oh, I fucking love that it's movie. Fascinating. No, I know. It's what what where what is in his brain? Where did the money come from? 
What? Who is this person? He's clearly some former criminal. Yes. I mean, there's no, there's no doubt about he's, it. He's murdered someone probably. There's, and that's fine. You know no, what I mean? We I don't, don't have to judge. know about it. Yeah. I don't judge. We don't need to talk about it. No, absolutely. I took a line dancing course. He murdered yeah. somebody. I mean, it happens. We do things we're not proud of when we're younger. Tommy Wiseau, is that his name? Yeah. Some Something. Some, some oh, things happen. Oh, he's so obviously cuckoo. But that movie was so good. And yeah. that f- weird... I thought that friendship was super touching between those two guys. It is, actually. I wonder, though, if, like... I mean, it's touching, but weird. Well, there might yeah. have been some touching. Yeah, that, see, that's what I think about it. No, but that's what I think. Well, they which kind of, of makes me they, like, sad for. They sort of, yeah, it makes you yeah. sad for Tommy with this. He's got an unknown quite a lot. No, make it sad for the other guy. Well, I don't think the other guy. I'm, you think I, he was using him? I no, I just think okay. Have you ever been? You, you must have been had a guy friend who. Maybe you still have a guy friend who, if given half the chance, would would yeah. deal with you. So. I think it's the same thing in that scenario. Yeah, probably. I would, I would equate oh, that. Okay, I guess I feel bad for Tommy now too. Yeah. You See, should. that's why it's a good because it's a comp. This is I, why I related compl- more to Tommy. <laughs> I related more to the unrequited love than the person being pawed. But this is why you're a fantastic writer because you understand comp- complicated characters. I remember learning this in screenwriting school. Okay, tell me. Do you want to hear? I do. And where'd you go? I went to UCLA. Oh, that was fancy. Okay, well, I say that it was the grad. It's I didn't go to. It was a graduate program. You had to have an undergrad degree, and also they only chose a few people. I did not apply for the MFA one, the fancy one. Yeah. Because I had never written a script in my life, I applied to the one below it. That's and okay. I got in. Whatever. See, I'm justifying yeah, I it. I know, but just take it. You know what? But John Cohen, you met him. Which one is John Cohen? He books you probably for Storyworthy. Oh, yeah, that guy. Yeah. He also went to the same program, different time. He yeah. likes to correct me, shut up, John, that it's not a graduate program. It is. It's a graduate program. It is. Anyways. By the way, fuck that guy. Yeah. <laughs> John. No, <laughs> yeah, kidding. He's, right? he's a lovely man. Uh-huh. So the thing I remember, it was the most fascinating thing when we started at UCLA was... It was when we were in the so we would we would break off into these like writer groups with like a teacher and like a ten person class, but we would have to go to these lectures once a week too. And the first class, I'm pretty sure, the lecturer who's a famous writer, I just forget his name. I suck. He's written books. Okay, so you've just so I feel like you've tried to narrow. I just want to break down what you're giving me to guess. You said he's a famous writer who's written books, so you've narrowed it down to a billion people. <laughs> but he's someone that you would know, and I should remember. Do you remember a book? One about writing. Oh, he wrote a book about writing. <laughs> about screenwriting. What is it? William Goldman. What is he the Save the Cat guy? No. Google like UCLA, you'll see it's it's like whatever writer figure it out. I don't know. Yes. Doesn't matter. Anyways, um, so the in the first class, he made so this is about complicated uh, characters and people. Mm-hmm. He made us all write down a list of like ten of the worst things that we feel we've ever done in our life, like Ooh. the worst things, right? Okay. And then after we did that, and I was like, nothing, because I'm perfect. And uh, after we did that. He said he asked like five people to stand up to volunteer and be brave enough to read a few of those aloud. Right. Uh-huh. And they did. That's great. And then he asked the entire room. He's like, do you hate them? And I was like, well, no. He's like, that's what writing a good character is, because it's like they're complicated. It's a it's I love that. Yeah. It was a very cool writing exercise. No, I think that's great. I mean, I think, you know. Look, villains are always more fun to read and write and mm-hmm. perform. And it's all... I, my, one of my favorite movies of all time is Goodfellas. 
And what's great about Goodfellas is when you're introduced to Joe Pesci's character, Mm -hmm. you fucking like him. He is funny as hell. He's that crazy little guy at the party. Mm -hmm. And so they get, he, Martin Scorsese gets you to like this guy and be on board with his Mm -hmm. laughter and his stuff. And then he hits that waiter in the face with a bottle and then he kills Spider. And he's like, he's a psycho. And how much longer can you like? And it just, it forces you because they made him a human being. I love that shit. I'm embarrassed to admit that I just watched Goodfellas for the first time like this year. It I was like something you. that I like I like secretly hid from people. Oh yeah. be like Goodfellas. I'm like, yeah, yeah, good yeah, it's a good movie. No. Yeah. I, I, I finally saw it. You're so spot on with what you just said. He's so likable, but he makes you so uncomfortable. I, like I like it's like I hate him, but I get it, but I hate him. But I, I also ha- I hate the the woman and I like her too that he's yeah, with. I'm yeah. just like I like her and I hate her. It's like it actually reminded me of the movie Blow. I think that whoever yeah. wrote Blow uh, probably somehow mirrored it off of that wow. a little bit, where it's like you loved Penelope Cruz and Johnny Depp. Yeah. I forget the name of their characters at certain points, but they also repulsed you at certain points For too. Sure. Yeah. No, it's 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 great. By the way, that last third, uh, that last act of Goodfellas, that exemplified having been super hooked on cocaine yeah. in the past. Um, wait, wait, it's that, a free space here. That was. <laughs> cocaine yeah that was exactly mm-hmm. it the hell like when by by the end of like cocaine you're sweating you're taught you're when everybody has a have you ever danced with this drug like, yeah when that dance comes to an end as it does for all mm-hmm. or sometimes in death but sometimes in other ways yeah but when you go through that it is there's a helicopter following you all around and you have nine million things to do and you can't do any of them and mm-hmm. you're sweating and your heart is racing no i can totally see people uh, so I've never struggled at all with cocaine addiction, but I have uh, I've dated a lot of people that have addiction problems. So I guess I know it well. Yeah. Um, people have a misconception that you're like really skinny and like just kind of coked out in like a cute way. Oh no! When someone does it too too much, they're a sweat puffy, sweaty puffy, freaky mess. I'm no um, waif right now. Yeah. But I was... Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know what? You're fine. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I have my shirt off, guys. Um, <laughs> the... Uh, um, <laughs> the uh, but I was at my absolute heaviest... Really? ...in my life. Like, I'm 5'9", mm-hmm. and I got to 225 pounds yeah, that's on cocaine. I was as round as I am tall. I wonder why that is because it, well I wonder I is know. it because you're it's like you're partying on it and then you need to eat when you're coming down that was basically it so I'd, I'd party all day and then I was like in the middle of the night I'd suddenly get like crazy hungry yeah and I wanted shit and I just ate fast food and I ate tons of it and then I yeah. ate all day because you also want the comfort probably yeah too. yeah and then it was like it's a little bit like and I have opposite anorexia so uh, to this day I do so like I'll walk past a mirror even uh-huh. as fat as I am right now and and I'll be like Hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, what you have uh, is confidence, and that's no, why you're in this it's business. It's delusion. I look at myself in a mirror and I just selectively see, yeah. Danny, I almost called this podcast Delusions of Grandeur. It's a gr- Because I have the same thing. I assume your parents were fairly kind to you. Well, well, actually, let's go back to what we were I was gonna say to you. Yeah. Because people I I had a comedian on a long time ago named uh what the hell was his name? Your friend's friends with him low. Uh, your friend's is friend's dad. Come on, like Rich, uh, Rich, Rich Scheidner. I know. I, yeah, you know him. I do. I mean, yeah. is he alive? No, he's yeah. alive. Yeah, no, I'm thinking of somebody else. 
Yes, that's right. Yeah. Sorry, Rich. No, I, I've done, I think I'm, I know who he is. Well, so. he almost, he had horrible addiction problems. So, yeah, you know, he, yeah. whatever. So he wrote a book about um, just the comedy world. And there was a part of it where he, he broke down people that get into comedy. They were either raised as princes or prisoners. No, so you're either a prince? Yeah, so he, had, he came up with this theory that you either were raised a prince or a prisoner. And he says, uh, Richard Pryor, prisoner, Jerry Seinfeld, prince. Now, both probably equally as fucked up yeah. as people. Yeah. Um, Richard Pryor was uh, raised as a prisoner in the sense of, like, he had a terrible childhood. So he probably got into comedy because he's just like, I need attention. Someone just tell me I'm okay, right? Yeah. Jerry Seinfeld raised rich, whatever... Yeah. probably also had a lot of confidence or, but it also just was like, oh, I could fucking do anything. Like it's, I don't know I, exactly what it boils down to, but it, I resonate with it a little bit because I would be, I think fall into either category because I was raised. Likewise. Yeah. Like my parents, they were not really rich at all. Like blue collar money, fine middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they were, they do well, uh-huh. uh, but I also suffered a lot of like hardships. Like my dad almost died of cancer. He hasn't, okay. and he's not going to. You're not dying, Michael Bryan, on me. Yeah. Um, and he always says you can't kill him. He's too mean, which he's fucking cool. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, he's he's cool shit. Yeah. Um, so I think I'd fall in between both of them a little bit. But you can't. I don't think you can be a comedian without feeling some sort of pain, but also having some sort of confidence or need for the attention. Well, that's totally now, true. Now I'm curious. So I tell me yours. I, you're, it's exactly the same. Mm-hmm. So I had. Um, a mother who I have a mother she's still Mm -hmm. alive um, who was like in love with me Mm -hmm. it was like I was the greatest thing I was funny from the time I came out according to her like she would have been so like she was uh, she was um, we were not religious Mm -hmm. even though we're I'm ethnically Jewish like we had a Christmas tree and so I I don't Mm -hmm. know I didn't get any of that experience but but she had but she was not interested in me like she would have been disappointed if I became a lawyer uh-huh. or a doctor she was like you have to go into comedy like she just thought oh, I was well, that's funny. really cool and I had a father who was threatened by me and never never really paid that much attention uh-huh. so it's a lot of so are you was, an only child no I have two younger sisters so I I was sort of the, um, and I was precocious, so I had to be an adult very early, mm-hmm. it, as my folks were splitting, and I had to be like, and it was always like, it always felt like I was this bet, like almost in trading places, between mm-hmm. like a mom who thought I was going to make it, and a dad who thought like, ah, he's not going to do it, you know, yeah. and that was like, and I lived in that, so anytime I fucked up, I mean, my, in a weird way, mm-hmm. I, I was helping my dad make his point, and then we were. And then, yeah. when I succeeded, he was wow. alienated, and it was that. And you know, he went, when we got in the worst fight, like one of the times, like we he, the, the divorce, it was something ugly, and he did something, blah blah blah, that I, you know, wasn't great. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, well, I want to say he he hurt my mom, but it was like it got physical. Yeah. In, in one of the breakups, and I just like you know, I called him out, and mm-hmm. I was like in college, and I called him out, and he's like, he's like, oh, like you're so perfect, Mister Wonderful. And it was Ooh. like, it was really telling. Wow, that's so telling. It's so telling. And You're like, like, hey, what, what, you should have said that my entire childhood. I know. Clearly I felt that that's what you thought of me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I used to do a joke in my act that, and this is really true, that my, um, I said my dad um, didn't really cheat on my mom, mm-hmm. he, he, but he cheated on me. He came home one day and he said, look, I met some other kids and um, they make me feel younger. And, <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. Yeah. My dad, there was a neighborhood... <laughs> I can't believe I'm sharing this story. No, please. <laughs> so, but it's okay. Oh, well, I, I tell, but there was a neighbor, there were neighborhood kids. My dad was a, a real macho guy. Uh-huh. Obviously, it trickled down. Totally didn't. Um, and, uh, but he was like a fighter pilot and a jock 
and, and all of that stuff. And, um, and he got recalled during the Vietnam War when I was like four and had his two-year-old sister and a, like a, um, an infant sister. And he got recalled and then came back a year later and was just slightly different. Not that from combat, but just he liked being away, I think, and not yeah. having kids. But what happened was there was this other family down the street and there were three kids in that family. Uh-huh. There was a boy... There was a boy, who younger, the, the youngest brother was about three years older than me. The middle brother was about five years older than me. And the oldest sister, who was about eight years older than me. And they, the two boys were real jocks. And my dad used to throw balls with them. My dad used to watch the Super Bowl with these other kids. He's oh, you know, I just like to, you know, I'm a t-, and, he would, and I would be like, oh, cool, that seems normal. So I became like the perfect kid. You know, love me, daddy. And I became a super overachiever. And, you know. Which made him hate you more, probably. A little bit. But I was like, it was so crazy because, like, I was so over the top. Uh, achieving yeah. that like I like every other parent except my own wanted their kid to be me yeah but it didn't want it didn't matter with him and then the the, the the cap on this story and this is why I'm funny I think is um um my dad eventually left my mom mm-hmm. for their older sister somebody he knew so wait when, the little kids the little boys yeah so the boys so like let's say he met the so let's say when I'm seven you know, they're, they're, they're 11, 10 and, you know, 16 or something. And, um, and so like he met her when she was a teen, didn't marry her until she was like in her late twenties or something or mid twenties. But it was just, it was, it was, this is such a good story. It's a great story, right? It's like, it's so, yeah. So I have, (laughs) holy shit, but I always felt and I've talked. All right. That actually, that, that does my cancer story. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Well, he died of cancer. So there you go. Um, yeah, no, we, we got, it was better later in life in the last month. Uh, but it was, but he was fine. I, I, the weirdest thing, cause you never know with these people is like he dies and, um, you know, months and months later, I get a box from this woman who he married. And weirdly, they were a good match. Like, she, yeah. she was kind of an ice princess. Yeah. He was, like, kind of a cold narcissist. He became... He was... He was... He was, yeah, he was, he was hugely... He, huge, he got very successful uh-huh. over the course of my life. You get any money of that? Not really. No, I, it's not like... He, <laughs> he wrote a, you out of the will. No, he didn't. We have a great deal. Is yeah. It was this that was, like... He, there was a great insurance policy that we all got. And I was already doing well, and I didn't yeah. care. But his... Vast, but the income he had, mm-hmm. he said, okay, I remember him telling me this like a year before I even knew he was sick, but he's like, just so you know, so this is what's going to happen. It's like, I'm going to put this all into a trust and it's going to go to the three, to the three of you. But that'll, like after this woman dies and I was like, I'm, this woman is like in shape and act, like, there's no way I know she's eight years older than I am, but there's no way she, she's going to. I'm going to outlive her. So, um, amazing. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, but I talked to other comics about this and, and, and comedy people. And I really do feel like this is going to sound so fucked up. I feel like I have like a stacked deck for comedy. I feel like, I feel like, no, in a good way. In a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know how. I don't know. I honestly don't know how people with like loving parents get funny. And and when you said the Jerry Seinfeld thing, yeah, and you said like, I think that's a different kind of comedy. Those are yeah. people like Jerry Seinfeld really values like he 
Jerry Seinfeld sits and struggles and writes and does yeah. all that stuff. And he's very workmanlike. Well, he's, he's basically like, what you were as a kid. Yeah. And he's very, yeah, you know exactly. I mean? Totally. But you grew up to be like, ah, fuck it. Uh, fuck it. Yeah. yeah. But he, but he, that's very interesting. Holy mm-hmm. shit. Breakthrough. Um, <laughs> but, but, you know, he, there's those there's those writers who by force of will because they love comedy yeah who may not be naturally funny mm-hmm. make themselves funny mm-hmm. I think and I think Jerry is one of those people I don't yeah, think he's like, actually you're probably right on that I don't think he's naturally it's not saying one works harder than the other but I just don't yeah. think he is naturally in that way brilliant comedian but that's where it was and then there's other people who are just you see them and they're funny it's 2018 and we are all on the go. You got to hustle in this day and age. And it's so hard to make healthy food decisions when you're on the go. But RX Bar has made that easier. So if you're like me, uh, I get hangry if I have not eaten. And sometimes there's just not an option to stop at a restaurant or to make a, you know, a pre-made meal that I take with me that's going to fit in a purse or whatever. And so I've started stocking up on RX Bar and they're delicious. I recommend the chocolate coconut. That's my fave or the peanut butter. RX Bar is a healthy food on the go. Their core ingredients do all the talking. It's simply like eating three egg whites, two dates, and six almonds with no BS. And RX Bars come in 11 delicious flavors and varieties. They're gluten-free, soy-free, dairy-free, and they have no added sugar. They're just great for protein, and they're just great for an office snack, snack on the go, throw it in your bag before a plane. And I have a special offer for my listeners. For 25% off your first order, visit rxbar.com slash be here and enter promo code be here at checkout. That's rxbar.com slash be here and enter promo code be here at checkout for 25% off your first order. Having clean white teeth and healthy gums and a healthy mouth is super important to me. And that's why I decided to invest in Quip toothbrushes. So Quip is the new electric toothbrush that packs just the right amount of vibrations into a slimmer design at a fraction of the cost of a bulkier traditional electric brushes. It's super chic. I got the silver one, but they also have gold. And guiding pulses alert you when to switch sides, making brushing the right amount of effortless. Quip also comes with a mount that suctions right to your mirror and unsticks to use as a cover for hygienic travel anywhere, whether it's going in your gym bag or a carry-on. And because the thing that cleans your mouth should also be clean, Quip's subscription plan refreshes your brush on a dentist-recommended schedule, delivering a new brush head every three months for just $5. That is so inexpensive and includes free shipping worldwide. Quip is backed by a network of over 10,000 dental professionals, including dentists, hygienists, and dental students. Most toothbrushes don't get named one of Time Magazine's best inventions of the year, best inventions of the year, but Quip did, and find out why yourself. So, I have an offer for my listeners. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash be here right now, you'll get your first refill pack free with a Quip electric toothbrush. That's your first refill pack free at quip.com slash be here that's g-e-t-q-u-i-p dot com slash be here actually that's yeah i think you're totally right on that i know as we like indulge my listeners sorry but i think it's funny and i think you guys will it's interesting why people do what they do but yeah i mean i think like because about the prince and prisoner thing like when i first read that i was like oh well certainly i was a prince or i was but no i mean I really wasn't, not because of my parents. They were so loving to me. That wasn't the problem. It was, it was probably other things like suffering loss, like being, because I was only like, I was a kid. 
Are you like the, 13 or 14. You have when siblings? I, I have a sister, yes, and she's awesome, but she's a couple years older than me. But she was out of the house, basically, by the time that my dad was... Well, my dad sat me down and said, I'm going to die. Wow. I... Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I want to be buried in the cemetery nearby so I can stop in and visit you. And yeah, like, yeah, you had to sit me down and say that. Wow. And, and at the time I was like, all right, fuck yeah. Okay. Like I handled it very well. Probably the whole thing where you became like, um, an overachiever. Yeah. yeah an overachiever. Or like you said, you almost had to like, you became like almost, almost like a parent young, like where you were just like, and so I think probably is like, you know, I'm going to give myself a call, but as like beautiful as I am and as, as you know, success yeah. that I've had or whatever, there's still so much pain that they think that's why I can, I'm a comedian. You yeah. cannot have, you have to be incredibly empathetic or have had pain to be a comedian. There's no way to do it without either one. I completely agree. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, I, 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 I do think there, there, because there's something, I don't know. There's something weird about, I mean, I, this is like my origin story for comedy was mm-hmm. this. I mean, I always loved to laugh. And I, mm-hmm. my dad was funny in, in a salesman-y way. Mm-hmm. It was like, you know, if, if the internet were around then, yeah. he would be the one sending you the email with all yeah. the re, 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 like that, that, but he liked yeah. those, but I always thought that was great. And, and, uh, and, and, but he, um, so I, I, I definitely liked comedy, but I didn't really understand it. And my, the most Jewish thing about mm-hmm. my family on my mother's side, anyway, was my grandfather, my mom's dad was, um, a bartender in the Catskill mountains. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you know, are you hip to the Catskills? Yeah. I mean, there's like, is that where like the deliverance was filmed or whatever? No, okay, completely not. Okay. That's more so. like the Appalachians. Okay. Well, you're a kid, but where are the so, Catskills? okay. So the Catskills are in uh, sort of upstate New York. And so, did you ever see dirty dancing? Yes. So that's... Oh, so much less incestual, more rich. Got rich. It. Yeah. So it was the place where Jews went mm-hmm. to to vacation. Yeah, and, like the Hamptons or and, Martha's Vineyard. And it was called... It used to be called the Borscht Belt. Okay. And because it was like, that was where all the comics went. And I'm talking about in the... Especially like in the 50s. Really? Before my time. Wait, this is fascinating. So like all the great comics... And like acts and uh-huh. would go, you'd go to play the Concord Hotel. Most of these hotels are not even there anymore. But that was where they would go. It was like, it was sort of a Vegas of the East, even though there was no gambling, but it was all like, it was just very, it was all the New So York the Palm Jews. Springs of California, yes, of LA. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm in the bar and I'm probably like, I don't know, like seven years old. And in, I'm talking to my grandpa and in walks this guy with a great name. His name was like a, Van Harris. I'm sure his name was really like yeah. Shlomo Shekels. Van Harris. Juber. Yeah, I'm not buying it. No, but no. it's not his real name. But he was like telling jokes and he was flashy and had big collar and like doing things. And he was like Uncle Van, like they, because they said call him Uncle Van and all that. And I was like, what do you, you know, when he was telling, he's like, do you know what I do? It's like, what? It's like, I'm a comedian. It's like, what the hell is that? It's like, I make people laugh for a living. And uh-huh. I was like, Holy, like, I, my dad, who was already getting success at that point, I felt sorry. Do you not know that this job exists? There's a job. And I never really wanted to do anything else. So, really? Yeah. It was like, once I heard that that was like an actual career path. Yeah. It just made sense. See, mine wasn't like that. Mine wasn't like I knew, because I, I think I lied for a long time to myself and my parents. Or I was like, I want to be a civil rights attorney. That was one of the ones I gave them. I think it's harder for girls. How about yeah, that? Yeah, maybe. I do. But I knew... 
from a very young age. I, I even looked back at home videos recently because we someone found them and like put them on a CD because I'm old enough that they weren't on VH, they were on VHS at that point. Yes. And I'm old I was, enough to remember when there wasn't VHS. So I understand. <laughs> I remember seeing the first video rental store come into my town when I was in elementary school and thinking like, what is this? Going in with my friend Bob and saying, wait, you can bring movies home? How is that possible? And then walking behind a curtain, I bet something cool is in here and And seeing nothing but titties. Yep. It was so great. Listen, I'm from, I'm also close enough to age in you. I might be 20 something years, but whatever. But also from such a small behind the times town. Where are you from? We still have the, uh, have you ever seen the Goonies? I, I have seen the Goonies. Astoria, Oregon, that town. That stormy little fishing village. Wow. Kindergarten Cop was also filmed there. Wow. It's also my first acting <clears throat> role. I don't want to brag. They cut out the scene, but yeah, because they didn't know that I was fantastic. No, yeah, yeah, no. yeah. No, no, it was more of a them problem than a me problem. By the way, before we started recording, she talked about this role for about an hour. It's all <laughs> she talks about. And I'm in her apartment right now, and there's pictures of her from the set and signed from whoever that scary old woman was in the Goonies. <laughs> so funny. No, actually, genuinely in my town, they filmed a bunch of movies when I was a kid. And Kindergarten Cop, I wasn't actually cast to be in it. I just lived across... It was my grade school, number one. Wow. And I also lived across the street. And so us kids that went to the school, we were like technically got to be extras, extras? in it. How fun. But, but yeah. But but I mean, I had a scene I thought that was fantastic that was, you know, maybe not. Um, well, what did you do? <laughs> I just was, you know, I was carried up by a fireman. I don't know. I was like, whatever. You were carried up by... Yeah, just, yeah. you know, I felt like I shined, but I didn't, you You're know? really in the moment, though. Yeah, I was I in know. the moment as an extra. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. But I thought, I thought they'd pick up on it. Anyways. It's their loss. That's cool for my, a hometown. Yeah. My point is that point? as a kid, like it, like you saw your dad, you, like you saw this van, van whatever, Harris, and yeah. you were like, oh, that you, this is a job. I should do this. Right. I guess I never recognized it as a job. I think I was just always very lighthearted and very, and not necessarily funny. I don't know if I was funny. I was just fucking weird. Yeah. I mean- I was always uh, I see that. improv. Thank you. In a good Appreciate way. That? Yeah. You no, know, in a positive way. I'm no, I don't, actually, it wasn't, that wasn't a slam. No, I know. The highest compliment I yeah, can pay somebody you. is that you're weird. <laughs> I, I, I know. <laughs> I it's know a comedian to comedian, yes. Yeah. Okay, in your writer's room, yes. are they comedians? Like, are they. Because Modern Family is obviously a comedy. Yes, thank you. Are they. <laughs> thank you very are much. Are they just writers? Were they former stand ups? Are they stand ups? Are they two kinds, impro- improvisers? Two kinds of writers. Uh-huh. Extroverts. Ooh, it's actually. No, but curious. it's really true. Yeah. It's like extroverts and introverts. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, so there's, um, there's those writers who are either frustrated performers or are performers and do this or mm-hmm. are too shy but have like a performance bent, but are usually can hold their own at a party, you yeah. know, have, have, have rap and all that. And then they're the ones who are. For all intents and purpose, intents and purposes, um, um, you know, almost on the spectrum, and yeah. and and are very quiet, and I can see that. and and you just never know. And I, I'm, like, what was an instructive thing on this? I'm not saying this person's on the spectrum, but I was at a party, probably when you were an infant, mm-hmm. um, here, in, and I moved to you know L.A. and um, there was uh, we were at a party, and there were a lot of funny like comedians who were sort of the cl- uh, comedians and uh, writers who were sort of the class ahead of me. Uh-huh. Um, and there was a guy around my age who was there, and I you know went up. I, we had a mutual friend. I said hi and hi, and he was just very kind of quiet and shy. And 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 
um, I went back to my friend Tim. I said, uh, yeah, I feel bad. He seems like kind of quiet. It's like, you know, I, maybe this is overwhelming for him. What does he do for a living? And he goes, he's a Simpsons writer. I said, he is? It's like, yeah, it was like John Vitti who wrote, wow. I promise, your favorite Simpsons episodes from the first five seasons, Mr. Plow, like all of like the classic early, That's great. And, and, and I've known those people who are just, we mm-hmm. call them funny on the page and they are super funny on yeah. the page. And, you know, they're two separate things, you know? No, you're actually right. And I and I realize that now, thinking back. I used to manage an apartment building when I was poor. Um, <laughs> I'm not not poor now, but I'm doing better. Uh, yeah. And one of the guys oh, that lived in hold there... Hold on, your butler just walked in. And <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> one, one of the guys that lived there was a writer, and he was... Like, he almost depressed me when I would go into his apartment. I'm just like, what is it? But And he was a, he's a very successful writer. He was only living in this apartment building because his girlfriend or something got the house up in the hills. Oh. Yeah, something like that. But, yes, he, he was very hard to talk to in person, although I loved him and he loved me. We're friends. Oh, Ethan, I, I miss you. Oh. Um, but, She's crying. Yeah. But, yes, like where it was just like, he looked like a very depressed person, but it was probably just because he put everything on the page, like you said, as opposed to... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, look, depression and, I mean, I've had... Yeah, depression and comedy go and writing go very well together. They do, and sadly so. Yeah. I mean, when you, like, you know, I'm 54 and, and have been doing this since, you know, I've been writing comedy, getting paid to write comedy since I was 24. What? And, yeah. All right, now now you're being kicked out. Yeah, 24? I, yeah, I got Wait. lucky. Whoa, whoa, whoa. How old did you move here? How quickly did 24 happen? A couple things. I'm a white male, and it's awesome. But That's apart true. from that... Um, but you're also 5'9", uh, and like one time you weighed 220. So. But uh, not then. <laughs> I had a full head of hair, and I was hot. Like yeah. young James Spader. You should have seen me. Ooh. Unfortunately, now I look like old James Spader. But then I looked like young James Spader. I don't Spader. even know who James Spader is, I'm sadly. Go fuck yourself. I know, I'm I'm, you do. You want I'm, ba- I'm bad at knowing. <laughs> yeah, I'm sick of you already. You're the worst. I can't believe I said yes to this podcast. <laughs> I'm glad I didn't judge you, winner. <laughs> um, no, I... Uh, no, but... Uh, you no, were, I got lucky. How I mean, did it happen? Okay, so I... This is my story, just... This is my break. I want to hear it. My break in story. I I was at college. I graduated in 1986. I lived in New York for a year. I was trying to get on Letterman. Uh That was my dream. And it was like. As a stand up or as a writer? Writer. I want to be a comedy writer there. And I was doing Uh stand up there. But the interesting thing about stand up, and this is really when I got out of stand up, I started stand up when I was 16. I did it till I was like 22. And I never got good at it. But you literally have Judd Apatow's story. You have to get back, and it just—I know it is. It's, it's exactly. It. But I was like a hack. I was doing that impersonation of a stand-up. Yeah. But here's the reason: when you start at 16 and then you go to college, like I have nothing to talk about. I have no life experiences, yeah. and I'm not even honest. I don't even understand that my dad was fucking this girl who grew up. Now. Like I don't even understand all that funny yeah, stuff yeah. that happened because I'm a kid and I'm a little. But anyway, I I I was doing stand-up, and it was basically buying me money for drugs and getting me laid and that was like what I fucking that was all I cared about and I got out of college and I was like a co- you know I do like and then I go I went to New York back to New York and I was like yeah, I just stand up for a while and do it and I was a fucking hack I sucked I my right I didn't change my act I, I got away with a lot when I was 16 because I looked like this like high school kid who's doing stand but you know when you so got- you're saying like youth at that point in stand up was 
Well, it was novelty. I was yeah, clearly yeah. like a kid yeah. and doing it. And so I got away with a lot. And then, but this, didn't, this is fascinating. But didn't adapt. Anyway, so I'm going, I, go, I, I, I get home from college. My dad has now remarried this woman. I'm tossed out of the house after three weeks in college. And my dad moved from my big house in Livingston, New Jersey, to a mansion in Short Hills, New Jersey, with the new wife. Actually, doing that Short Hills is a really rich area. It is. It's a really rich area. And, like, this is, he had done up this house, like, you can't even believe. The garage was carpeted with all his fantastic cars. Jesus. Everything was great. I get up to my room where I'm going to stay, and honestly, it is a foam mattress on the floor. There are no blinds. I don't even have a shower curtain. He could not, he couldn't have made it a less hospital it was like get the fuck out i got my new wife i don't want so i go to new york i answer like i go i I wind up going to new york i answer an ad in like the new york times for a tv associate producer i'm gonna say oh that sounds great what it was was it was an it was an agency that dealt with developmentally disabled kids Mm -hmm. i'm doing that i'm like basically you know videotaping parents and kids who are you know disabled and all that and I'd done an internship in college, and I got a, and Howard Stern of all people was doing a he was going to do a late night talk show for Fox. Fox had just become a network, wow! And it was going to be right after Joan Rivers, who had her own late night talk show at the time. So she he was going to be the letter he was going to be the Letterman to her Carson or Leno at that point. That was what he was going to be. And so I wound up getting that job as a PA. Uh-huh. Um, at that point, like this girl I was dating broke up with me. It was like a, my, my whole life fell apart. My dad threw me out. My girlfriend from through college dumped me for you know, and and I and I had nowhere to live. And Baba Booey uh, of all people, um, mm-hmm. like put me up for like six months for free. And like he's like nice. been, he's been like we've been friends, lifelong friends as a result. But. A producer on that show was doing a show out here that was also a disastrous show, but I came out as a PA. And then there was a writer's strike. This is now 80, 88. Uh-huh. Um, and I'd been unemployed in New York City, which was oppressive. I was unemployed out here. This is so much easier because everybody's unemployed and you can have yeah. a tan. And Yeah, it's and just not as rough. It's yeah, not it's as New rough. York. Yeah. And yeah, New York is hard. It is hard to be struggling there it is really tough and i was living down i literally lived directly across the street from the twin towers and it was the financial district yeah and so there were people i went to school with who i was much smarter than am much smarter than yeah and they were living that sort of Gordon Gecko life in yeah. the like late that 80s. was that time too. It was that like, time. Yeah. Like, you know, greed is good. And they, with their yellow paisley ties. And I'm like, I was driving a cab at night. Mm-hmm. I was PA. I was doing shitty stand-up gigs. And it was really fucking hard. And, yeah. and, I, and, and so I was feeling kind of down. But anyway, there was a job opportunity across country. Drove across with a friend. Um, friends oh yeah how about how does north hollywood sound oh north hollywood sounds glamorous yeah um and at the time it's not I mean, so glamorous it was it's much more glamorous than it was now i think yeah. we were it was terrifying we lived there for a while but anyway i got um i wound up getting a production assistant job basically on the original arsenio hall show oh wow and and this is after about and a, how old are you a, then like 2021 no no i'm about 24 i'd gone 24. like i'd gone it was getting scary. I had all my credit cards taken away. I'd lost, you know, I, I lost my credit. I, I was doing pickup jobs here and there, I, but I was not getting work. I was really running out of money. Yeah. And I was in, I was in dire straits. And then I got this. One pe- of my favorite bands. Yeah. They're, they're fa- really? I love that band. How do you? Look, look, well, you're wearing the doors. I know, but just, it's all I care about. 
that's cool. Probably because my dad almost died. I resonate with older. Yeah, yeah, yeah maybe, yeah, maybe. Yeah. No, I noticed maybe. that. No, yeah. she's sitting on my lap right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> He's rocking me <laughs> as we're talking. Um, but I got a job on the Arsenio Hall show as a PA, and then it's really funny. It's a funny image. <laughs> it is funny. <laughs> yeah. I'm ha- I'm li- liter- she's been drawing and I just I just hung her picture on my fridge. That's funny. This is so fucked up. Yeah. It's so funny. Yeah, yeah. I need to hold my ten tonight. Um the uh Okay, so Arsenio Hall show. Yeah. So I was a PA on that show, um and the show got on the air, it became a huge hit and after thirty the writers in late night, I don't know if it's still this this, mm-hmm. this way but they're on 13 week contracts so you're up every like four times a year that was like that was the standard deal and Wait, it was you're up four times a year what do you mean so every 13 weeks you can be fired oh jesus and and it was and by the way at the time that was how it was i think both at carson and at letterman um and um but anyway after the first 13 weeks arsenio fired half the writing staff and that was on a friday and i'm a pa but I, I was I was funny around the office. Arsenio had no idea who I was, but um, the other writers did. Mm-hmm. And so that weekend, I went home, you know, and wrote jokes. And no, no, this is really dating. But so this is 1989. Mm-hmm. But I'm writing them on a selectric typewriter, and I'm reading my getting my all my topical things by getting the paper, like an actual newspaper, and. So I, I write a bunch of jokes that weekend, especially I wait for Sunday when there's stuff in Monday this is morning. such a cool story. And I go in, I go to one of the writers, this guy, Phil Walsh, and he was teamed with this guy, um, Barry. Um, and and, and um, I sent, I gave them my jokes and they're like, oh, these are funny. And they said, oh, pass one to Arsenio. And on Monday, Arsenio did one of my jokes. And on, the, just for the monologue. On yeah. Tuesday, he did two of my jokes. On Thursday... I'd written most of the monologue. He had just picked most of my jokes. And on Friday, he hired me. And that's how I got that job. This is one of the coolest stories I've ever heard. really fucking cool. And he's always, he was very, he's, I, I credit him with being like, he was very cool to me. He was like, he was, you know, Arsenio's probably about, you know, maybe like 10 years older than I am, but he, he's... But he's he, black, so he don't crack anything. No. He actually maybe looks younger than you. No offense. No, everybody looks younger than me. <laughs> <laughs> I work on his staff with really old men, and I look like the oldest. But, but he's not but, true. It's, well, it's probably... Well, listen, you don't, but it's probably just because you hate yourself secretly, just like all comedians no. do. I hope that doesn't happen to me, because like, no, I really it, like what's happening No, it has happening nothing here. to do with that. Yeah. I snorted a house. Oh, That's okay. how it was. Okay. Okay. It Sorry. takes a toll on you. Um, um, so. It takes a village of cocaine Kane. to take you down. Yeah, no, I yeah. missed my okay. septum. Um, <laughs> but the the but I but yeah. So that was like that's my that's kind of my origin story. And I went I went to and and so I was there on that show for a while, mm-hmm. um, like for two years. And you you know you know TV and you know entertainment. There's mm-hmm. no middle class. Like you go from like yeah. making less than minimum wage to like having like a comma in your paycheck, which seemed huge. You know mm-hmm. and and. Um, but so I got, I was comfortable, I was happy and there was a writer there who's a, a few years older than me as well. And I remember all of us were kind of going to Vegas. Like we'd written the monologue, let's go to Vegas, we'll have fun. Yeah. And, um, too much drugs and stuff. That's a very big theme for me in the nineties. And he, it was a thing for a lot of people. It was. And, um, and this one guy said, Hey, you should come. And he's like, no, I'm working 
with a friend on a I'm, I'm, I'm working out and he took me aside he was very like avuncular and he took me aside and walked took a walk with me around the paramount lot and just said writing late night could be like a dead end like you some of these people do that their whole lives and that's great but he, t- he told me I, he thought i was better than that and mm-hmm. that like you should really work on writing a half hour comedy or a longer mm-hmm. form comedy and i took his advice to heart and that guy was very ill-suited for Arsenio Hall. In fact, was fired. But Larry Charles. And Larry Charles, so he's the guy who directed all the Borat. I was going to say, I think I know that name. You do. He directed all the Borat movies. Okay. And, and, and the Borat movies and, and and all of the Sasha Baron Cohen stuff is the main director and Curb Your Enthusiasm writer. He would, But he was basically under Larry David at... Um, uh, at Seinfeld. That's how he broke. Mm-hmm. He was like, sort of like, it was Larry and Jerry, and then there was Larry Larry Charles. And um, Oh, that's how he broke. Okay, but... Yeah, but, so he left my okay. show. He didn't go to Vegas for it to help his friend out was uh-huh. Seinfeld. And, and, and Holy so... Holy shit. Yeah, and so... God, your story's cool. Yeah, so it was pretty instructive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah so... And everything you've been saying is fascinating. Oh. No, really. Like, I love the sh- Look. Listen, I had a I know, quote. you have a quote from Larry Miller. That who I had made. Married to one of my writer, the writers I worked really? with over at um, Just Shoot Me. Yeah. Well, do you know how I had that made? You can yeah. actually keep this part in. Yeah, keep swinging so. with both hands and keep smiling and keep saying. How do you like that? I'm in show business and I'm never leaving. That's amazing. So he said that on a podcast, uh, Barry Katz podcast. Uh-huh, you know, yeah. yeah. But it's amazing. Yeah, yeah I love it. Yeah. No, I feel really, I have to say, like, you know, I have really bad days. And it's like, but there's, st- like, honestly, to this, like, I grew up in Jersey. Yeah. No one was in show business. There was, it didn't, that didn't even seem real. But I real. feel like they were, like, in, like, mafia show business. See, but, when I think of Jersey, I think of Goodfellas. I think of, like, yeah, but we didn't know. Atlantic City. I think of Bruce Springsteen singing about Atlantic City. Yeah, no, I know. I was, like, sort of, north. I was just, like, outside in New York. But it was, like, it just felt like, I don't know, it didn't feel... It didn't feel showbiz. It's not as jazzy as I think it is. Yeah, it's I, not. I think of it as really cool. It now is cooler, but yeah. that was a law. Lo- it was a punchline forever, and especially when I was growing up there. It's actually more of a punchline now, actually, if it we're is. honest. Yeah. There was that whole Jersey Shore oh, show. Oh, yeah, it was terrible, it, but accurate. No, but when you were, because you're, you're 100. Now, yeah. when you were growing up, yes. it was, see, I would think it was like the like Rat Pack cool times there. No, no I'm like... Oh, a, I'm a, like I'm a child of like the '80s, so and, like, and so Rat Pack I think was the '60s. Oh, like, yeah, shit. You're yeah, right, yeah. Right. yeah. Wow, I feel super old, um, but not as old as you think I am, which yeah. is fantastic. <laughs> um, you know, my high school crazy amounts of over. This is just a little digression. Overdose? Is that what a, you're no, of overachievers. Oh, I thought you were gonna say overdose. I was like, oh, that was my high school was overdose. No, mine was oh. not. Mine, oh, like so many famous people out of my high school in like New Jersey. Um, well, f- just like just so Jason Alexander from Seinfeld. Really? Yeah, whose name was Jay Greenspan when he, when he was at my school. Yeah, no one's buying it, Jason Alexander. But he's but he was great. But he's like. I was in I was in junior high when he was in high school, but he, his performances in the school play were so amazing yeah. that people at the high school, the people from like other town, like you'd hear about this kid who was like killing it in Guys and Dolls or killing it in whatever these things, Bye Bye Birdie or whatever production they were doing, and you went there and it was like, holy shit, that guy's like legit. And then like he graduated and was on Broadway and like was but That's really cool to hear. Yeah, so is he a good guy? Yeah. Yeah, he really is a good guy. And he's yeah. very, very encouraging and I think he is a good guy. Oh, that makes me happy to hear. Oh yeah, you know him, I guess. Yeah. 
Danny, yeah. do you want to give off your social media and, and anything? Do you want to promote any stand-up dates that you should be doing? Um, well, when's look, the next if you time want, you're doing Storyworthy? If you want, I'm actually doing that soon. Yeah, they, they had me March 24th. I know is the next one. I'm doing that one. Mindy Rickles is doing it. Have you have you judged Mindy yet? No, <gasps> Mindy. She's Don Rickles' daughter. She's one of good friends. Are you kidding me? Yes, she's so funny. That makes me excited. By yeah, she's actually older than you, I think. Oh, Mindy, I'm sorry. Oh man, <laughs> I know, but like she might be. Oh wow, cool. Yeah, she's funny as hell. I love it. And it's Don Rickles' daughter. Uh, that well, and she's doing March 24th. Are you judging? I'm judging. Come. Well, fuck. Uh, I think I might be in town. Okay, that sounds like, I don't know if you can tell, but it sounds like she's never going to be there. That no, time. I think I will be. Will you? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you for doing my podcast. I enjoyed it. Love you, mean it. Mean it more. <laughs> Bye. Bye.